Hi, welcome to Help with Parkinson's. This is podcast number eight. And I have with us Dr. Subramanian from Hershey Medical Center. And I'm Warren Butfinick. And welcome to our podcast. Hi, Warren. Uh, thanks again for uh, inviting me to the podcast. My pleasure. A new study that came out that uh, talks about the side effects of dopamine agonists. And there's been, up to this point, dopamine agonists were considered to be low side effect profile, especially when it came down to impulse disorders, which is gambling, sex addiction, things like that. And it, it was almost on the FDA insert, package insert, almost considered not even, it was not even uh, talked about with a percentage. But now this new study shows a very high percentage of side effects with that. And Dr. Soup, do you want to elaborate on that? And then I'll come in a little bit. Yep. Um, so uh, Warren, thanks for asking me to talk about this. So this study uh, came, was published in July, uh, mid-July, and it has hit the press. And so there's uh, quite a bit of um, press and uh, discussion in the medical field, as well as in the Parkinson's field about this data. So I think it's... Um, uh, important that we talk about this. So what this study showed is that in Parkinson's patients who were diagnosed uh, as having uh, enough uh, of symptoms and needed treatment and were placed on dopamine agonists, uh, specifically medications such as Pramipexol, otherwise called Miropex, or Ropinarol, uh, otherwise called Requip, um, and similar drugs, they found that out of the 411 patients that they followed for 3.3 years, um, they found a significant, very high amount of people had um, impulse control uh, problems. And they calculated that, and uh, they, they said that the five-year cumulative incidence meaning over a period of five years, if they were to look carefully about all the patients, uh, nearly 46.1%, which is roughly about half the people, um, had impulse control dysfunction. And those who take uh, dopamine agonists are even higher, uh, 51.5. And whereas compared to people who never took any dopamine agonists, in other words, they were either on... Uh, uh, monoamino oxidase inhibitors such as selagiline or rasagiline, or they were on carbidopa levodopa, um, they had a much lower prevalence, 12.4% uh, prevalence. So um, this was uh, kind of a little surprise because although we as uh, neurologists and movement disorder doctors uh, think about uh, impulse control and we ask that routinely of everybody, we don't trust the case. We don't really... Uh, push the envelope to say, mm, how about this or how about that? So it's a little um, surprising, that um, data. And what uh, it means that both patients as well as doctors need to be a little bit more vigilant. So um, let's talk a little bit about this impulse control. What exactly is included and what's not included? So uh, to give you some background, and the listeners a little bit of a background, uh, a few years ago, uh, approximately 15, 20 years ago, there was an initial recognition that patients that were Parkinson's patients who were taking dopamine agonist medications, and again, 
uh, common ones that people might be taking is Meropex and Requip. Um, they were found to have, some of them were found to have uh, impulse control problems. And what does that mean? They can either be pathological gambling. Uh, one example that I can remember is one of my patients who um, decided to use uh, money that was stocked away in a retirement account uh, for gambling purposes, uh, would do uh, internet gambling, for example, video poker. Uh, and this individual lost a substantial amount of money from the video gaming and um, in fact borrowed money from another source and that also was lost. And this resulted in a um, um, lot of uh, financial distress. Uh, eventually they came to me and uh, we dis discovered that this drug was uh, potentially doing it. We stopped the drug and indeed that behavior stopped. Another example would be compulsive uh, sexual behavior, um, doing asking for sex more than usual uh, or uh, sometimes uh, watching sex videos or sometimes um, watching pornographic uh, material um, on the internet or getting videotapes and watching it. Uh, these type of things can also happen. I had one individual in my practice who also uh, at the age of 70 um, suddenly started uh, having interest in pornographic material, uh, much to the surprise of the spouse. And uh, this came to my attention and then they asked me about this and we stopped the, uh, again the dopamine agonist and um, helped revert back. Uh, to where uh, he was no longer having this type of uh, behavior. Finally, they can also be compulsive eating or binge eating. Uh, an example would be you wake up in the middle of the night and wanting to eat uh, lots of ice cream um, or eating food, which normally you didn't eat that much, but you ate too much like a binge, like a compulsive uh, reason to keep on eating the same kind of food or ordering the same kind of food. So these are examples of um, what we call impulse control disorder, um, gambling, hypersexuality, or binge eating type of thing. There's also one more behavior, which initially we thought was related to impulse control, which is called punting behavior, P-U-N-T-I-N-G, punting behavior. This involves repetitively doing the same thing again and again. For example, um, you have a toy car or a toy um, uh, train that you take apart and then you rebuild it and take it apart again and then rebuild it. Uh, keep on doing this uh, activity again and again. Um, this we used to think as is part of impulse control, but we now think that's a different behavior. It's not really part of the impulse con the control spectrum of um, dysfunction that occurs from dopamine agonist uh, in Parkinson's disease. Uh, finally, there's also this idea of compulsive shopping. Uh, that could be also considered part of impulse control, uh, control disorder. So buying things that you don't need um, and again and again uh, getting them, uh, that can also be part of impulse control disorder. So um, when this uh, side effect was first described uh, a few years ago, a few publications came in, we became more vigilant. We started looking for these side effects. And we used to think that it happened with all Parkinson medication. Now, this new article suggests that it's not all uh, 
Parkinson medication, but much more with what we call the long-acting dopamine agonist, the Mirapex and the Requips um, are likely to do it. Now, there's also another dopamine agonist, which is called Rotigotin, otherwise called Mupro. Well, in this study, they didn't have a lot of people on that drug. Um, so we don't know how much that drug would have influenced um, this finding. So that kind of gives you a, kind of an overview of what the study showed. Um, Warren, you have thoughts? Yeah, like I said in the opening, that this the side effect profile was so small, it was more of a warning than, than side effects that list maybe 5% or 4%. It wasn't even in that, in that group. It was just a warning for doctors to keep an eye on patients with that type of behavior. But this, this study shows 46%, which is, like Dr. Soup said, very high. So I, I always like to help people out so they can understand the wording of these studies because you see a lot of them in the newspaper or you, on TV, and you, uh, you really should know, get to know the nomenclature. And just to let you know, this study here was called a, a multicenter longitudinal cohort of consecutive patients with PD, Parkinson's disease, less than five years. And what multicenter means is it was done at more, one, more than one institution. Longitudinal means it was observed over time, which is an observe, observable study. They just watched the people. They didn't give them any, anything, any type of test drug or anything. They just watched them. And the cohort group, which the cohort is a group of people with the similar characteristics. So what it means is they've got a group of people with similar characteristics that they watched over time and they just studied them. And what that does is that gives you an idea of the side effect potential, but it's, it's not foolproof. And um, one, of the, one of the things that they probably has to be tested against another group of people to see if it was correct. But, but, they, uh, but there's two things that they, they could do differently to make it a little more accurate. They didn't really talk about why people were on the dopamine agonist to begin with. These people in the study were already on the dopamine agonist. It could be that they were having problems with their Parkinson's and that just led them to yeah, have to be on that drug and that sort of swayed the side effect potential. And the other one is they didn't talk about the effectiveness of the therapy that they're currently on. So, so these people may have been less likely to accept side effects than another group of people. So if you have a group of people that have Parkinson's or on dopamine agonists, but they didn't want to have any side effects because they weren't in that bad a shape to begin with, they'd be more likely to tell the doctors in the study that they have side effects. If you have a, another group of people that have on the same drugs, but they're happy to have anything that could help them control it, they may be less likely to consider something a side effect. So that it takes time to get these studies proved. So I just wanted to put that out there just to show that just because it's a study doesn't mean you have to believe it. But, but like Dr. Shoup said, definitely talk to your physician about it. But don't feel like you have to go off the medicine right away. I, agree. I agree completely, Warren. I think what you said is right on the money. 
Um, I think uh, nobody should be panicking about this, but I think an important warning sign is that if you have been noticing some of these things and you've been reluctant to talk to your doctor because you didn't think it was related to your medicine, this should potentially um, sensitize you that if you are a Parkinson patient and you are currently taking uh, one of these two medicines, um, ropinarol or Requip or Mirapex, uh, otherwise called Primapexol, um, then uh, and you are noticing some of these side effects. Uh, you're either buying too many lottery tickets or you're playing gambling too much and you're losing money more than usual um, or you're hypersexual or you have other types of impulse control, uh, then uh, please do bring it up with your doctor and discuss with the doctor, uh, is this possible or not? Now, there are a few other details in this article that I thought it's worth mentioning um, in the study uh, that uh, there are other types of dopamine agonists. And there are some old-fashioned ones uh, called bromocryptine. We don't use that much anymore because in the United States, we found out that people who are taking bromocryptine have heart valve issues. There's also a drug called pyrubidil, which is not available in the United States. It's available in other countries. And then um, there are two uh, other uh, drugs. One is the injectable dopamine agonist called apomorphine. And then the last one is the patch, the new patch, which I already mentioned. Uh, now, when they looked at the patients who took those drugs, these four, which is apomorphine, bromocryptine, roticotine, or pyrubidil, they, they did find a slightly increased risk for impulse control, but it was much less pronounced compared to the people who took primipexol and ropinarol. So um, everybody needs to be concerned so long as they are on dopamine agonists, but the risk is lower. So what does that mean? That means that if you are on Requip or on uh, Mirapex and you do have impulse control, first of all, uh, we can lower the dose and there are alternative medicines that we can use um, and that might itself solve the problem. Uh, if you need to eliminate it and you have to go to a different drug, that's also available. So uh, these are choices. So you could alter your dose regimen so that there are options so you don't have to feel panicky that, oh my God, um, should I be changing the drug? And um, second thing, as Warren very elegantly said, um, just because a study showed a thumb effect doesn't mean that everybody's going to get it. Uh, remember the study, even after five years, they only found it in 50% of people. The other 50% of the people did not get it. And you know, these drugs have been around for a very long time. So those of those patients who have been taking it for a very long time and don't have any of the side effect don't necessarily have to change anything. So uh, we have to take every article and every press release of any, any article with a little pinch of salt. Uh, and so um, we have to be careful on how we do this. The last point I want to make is that some people might think, okay, I'm on the ER form of Requip or ER form of Mirapex. This is a once-a-day formulation. You just take it once a day. Is there an advantage or a disadvantage taking it? So the study also looked into that. They asked whether short-acting versus long-acting makes a difference, and it didn't. Um, both, both people who took the short-acting form of Mirapex or the long-acting form of Mirapex or the short-acting form of Requip, or the long-acting form of Requip, they all had equally higher risk, according to this study. Now, the study was mostly done in Europe, um, and uh, Europeans have 
um, different ways of treating Parkinson's. Um, they generally tend to use drugs in a different way and also because of socialized medicine and their insurance not being an important factor, they're able to use drugs much more liberally than what we're able to do in the United States. So there are certain practice-related um, matters that also influence the study. So given all this, and I again agree with uh, what Warren um, brought up, we have to be cautious, but I think it's also important that we sensitize our patients uh, and become knowledgeable about this particular problem. Good. Well, I, I don't know if there's anything we can really add to that. I don't know if you want to talk about something else today or cut this short. Or I think we covered a very nice area. I think the important um, aspect is that there are other side effects from um, medications, but this is a newly published article that was press about this. And some of you might have seen the press releases uh, regarding impulse control disorder. So if you are experiencing any of these findings, please do bring it up with your doctor. If you're not, just you're aware, just keep that in mind. Uh, and again, nothing to panic. There are solutions, uh, and they're fairly simple, easy solutions, uh, but we should get um, taken care of. Okay, uh, again, thanks again, Warren, for- uh, Thank you. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye.